0: You cannot follow Jesus Christ unless you bring your cross. Peter had picked up his cross, that's why he's here. He's gonna go to jail. But Peter already is so strong that it doesn't matter, Peter says, what they do to me, because not only the church is praying for him, but when the church prays, things happen. Things happen.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Returning to the book of Acts today, Raul will encourage us to find fresh inspiration and renewed motivation in our service to the Lord as we reflect on the Apostle Peter's unshakable faith. Stay with us to see how Peter willingly went to jail for the sake of the gospel and God honored that trust with a miraculous angelic rescue. Here's Raul Reese in Acts chapter 12.
0: Now Remember Herod, the great, was a person that always wanted to be pleased. Remember when Jesus was going to be born, remember Herod? He was talking to the Magi and he says, Okay, you guys, when you find out when he is born, let me know so I can come and worship him. Two years later, what does he do in chapter 2 of Matthew? He goes ahead and he goes to find out those that are from one to two years old, and they go there, and what do they do? They kill these children from one to two years old, thinking, hey, if we can get to the Messiah and kill him, then everything will be over. But remember, when Jesus was born, already he was prophesied by the magi They came from Babylon. They read the stars, and that star led them right to where Jesus was being born. And then he had his enemies. But Herod the Great was always constantly trying to demean people. He hated Jesus. Let's read chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. He says, Now, about this time, Herod the king has stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Now, this is Agrippa the First, grandson of Herod the Great, that he's talking about here. It's important that we understand what's going on here. The church is beginning to be persecuted. Persecuted. In a moment, you'll see Peter will be thrown into jail. He'll go to prison. But I look at the church today. As I was reading this chapter, look at the church today. None of us have ever spent time in jail because we're Christians. None of us like Paul been beaten twice, three times. None of us, well, maybe rejected because we're Christians. Yes, but when you look at all the qualifications of being mistreated being persecuted for being a Christian, I don't think that the United States of America fits that category. Maybe one day it will. Because when I read the scriptures, man, this is not what I've gone through. You notice that he said there that they begin to stretch out their hand to harass some, not all, some of the church. So let me give you what happens to James. James is beheaded. Now, When I was reading this, I thought, wow, Lord, here's Agrippa killing James by cutting his head off. I mean, why would God allow Peter to live and James to die? I mean, that's a a good question to look at. To take someone that is making a great mark in this world. There were 12 men, the disciples of Jesus Christ. One of them was a traitor. Judas was a traitor. And yet you had these three, Peter, James, and John, in the actual Mount of Transfiguration. When they went up, Jesus took them there, Peter, James, and John. And here they see Moses and Elisha, and God the Father speaking to Jesus. Jesus is transformed into this glorious light, glorious light for the future. And Peter gets to that place and says, Lord, Shall we build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Elisha, one for Moses? And the Lord say, Peter, keep quiet. Keep quiet. There's a time to be silent. Peter, James, and John, they're the actual inner circle that Jesus raised up, the inner circle. They're the ones that when Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, they're with him there. Remember? He says, you guys pray. I'm going to pray over here. And when you go through the Gospels, you see Peter, James, and John all the way through. And yet James, the son of Sebedee, a fisherman, just a fisherman. He was in business with Peter. They grew up around the Sea of Galilee. And how about you, your name? You know what God has called you to do. You've written your name in the book of life. What have you done for God? What has God asked you to do since you came to Christ? James, a total martyr. And then John, he was a fisherman. He was an educated person. He was bold in what he said. He was ambitious. He was trustworthy. He was humble. And guess what? He leaned on Jesus' breast and he loved Jesus. Just like all the others loved him. But John was the one that says that he loved Jesus. It's so awesome to see that these guys were in love with Jesus. Are we in love with Jesus? To be in love with Jesus is see, number one in my life. You see, number one in my life. I guarantee you when the church began to be prosecuted and persecuted, it changed their whole attitude of being a Christian. And then in verse 2, when I read that, it just blew me away that he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Cut his head off, it says. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, Herod saw the while. you know, they liked that getting rid of the apostles. He proceeded further to seize Peter also. He says, well, if we kill James, let's kill Peter now. He says, proceeded further to seize Peter also. And now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So we notice the Jews here are responding to the enthusiastic people that are sitting there watching these people being killed like James. And they just love that, that is going on. But then Peter now, he says in verse four, so when he had arrested Peter, he put him in prison. So they were not looking for Peter. Peter was all over the place. Remember from chapter 1, we saw Peter all the way to chapter 12. Here he'll fade out, and then Paul will come into the scene. But imagine how Peter must have felt, knowing, recognizing, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. Upon this rock I will build my church. He's thinking all these flashbacks, being with the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 16, he's remembering when the Lord asked him, Peter, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you are the son of the living God. Some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're one of the prophets. But Peter, who do you say I am? Straight out question, not only for Peter, but for every person that ever wants to come to know Christ. Who is Jesus Christ to you? And Peter said, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father. You've had a spiritual revelation. And then he goes down a little further in chapter 16, verse 24. And he says, remember, he speaks about the cross. If any man wants to come after me, let him or her deny himself. The word deny means to forget about yourself. Forget self. Me, myself, and I. Forget about that. He says, but come and take up your cross and follow me. If any man wants to come after you, let him deny himself. Pick up his cross and follow me. You cannot follow Jesus Christ unless you bring your cross. Peter had picked up his cross. That's why he's here. He's going to go to jail. But Peter already is so strong that it doesn't matter. Peter says what they do to me. Because not only the church is praying for him, but when the church prays, things happen. Things happen. Peter here is blown away. Because he knows they hate him, they find him, and they cast him into prison. He goes on to see verse 3. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further and seized Peter also. And I was during the days of unleavened bread. And so when he had arrested Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four squads. Notice that. The four squads were 16 soldiers of four shifts. They would take six hours each. Peter's right hand was one of them chained to him, and on his left side, another chained to him. Two soldiers took care of Peter watching over him all the time, all the time. With Paul, the same thing. And what's interesting that he says here, the four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So it was the Jewish festival commemorating that this particular time. What were they doing on the day of unleavened bread? They were going back to the book of Exodus chapter 12. If you remember in Exodus chapter 12, the children of Israel had been there for 400 years. And now God rose up who? Moses he's 40 years in Egypt 40 years in the wilderness being trained by the Lord taking care of a bunch of dumb sheep that he one day would deliver the people of God training him and then 40 years he spent taking the people of God uh, through the wilderness which is only an 11 day journey from Egypt to the promised land but because of their unbelief God says it's going to be 40 years.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 for resources to anchor your life in God's Word, including Raul's empowering series on the Holy Spirit. You can also email your Bible questions to Rawl at pastorraul at somebodylovesyou.com. Let's continue now with the final part of today's lesson.
0: But imagine in chapter 12 of the book of Exodus... The first Passover told the children of Israel, okay, you guys, I'm going to kill the firstborn. And whoever has a firstborn child, take a lamb, kill it, take the blood and put it on the doorpost of your house. On the top to both sides of the doorpost, it says, and the angel of death will come and he will not kill your firstborn, but he'll go to the next house. Whoever did not have the blood on the doorpost of their homes, the child was murdered by the angel of the Lord. Killed them. They were killed. You see, when you put the blood on the doorpost, you go to the top of the doorpost and to the left side, to the right side, is a sign of the cross. Atonement being made for the children of Israel. Atonement. The first Passover, as they're leaving Egypt, and from that time on, a Passover every single year. In the New Testament, you turn from a lamb and you come to the New Testament and instead of sacrificing a lamb, behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Who's that? Jesus. John the Baptist, behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus becomes our lamb. Our lamb of God that took away my sins, took away your sins. And then as a general rule here, prisoners would be chained to the guards, like I share with you, to the right, to the left. And here we have Peter's case. He's not only chained to two guards, but imagine what's going through Peter's mind. Well, what's going to happen to me? Are they going to behead me? What are they going to do with me as I stand here in this jail? But you know, Peter already, as people were praying for him, God already hurt his heart. God hurt his heart. And the Lord put it on these people to pray for Peter. To pray for Peter. And you'll see in a moment what takes place. We need to pray for people all over the world that are Christians in prison, they're being mistreated. All these places where the church is hated. And where people are making a stand and when the government finds out that you have a Bible study or doing this and that, they come and they arrest you and then they take you before a court and they actually pronounce death on your life or they put you, incarcerate you for 30 years or 40 years like they have in Korea. We haven't seen that, but it's happened. And now here is Peter being incarcerated. He says in verse 5, And Peter was therefore kept in prison, But constant, here it is, but constant prayer was offered to God for him. By who? The church. The responsibility of the church to pray for those that are incarcerated. He goes on, verse 6. Again, and when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers. So you have the soldiers, he's sleeping. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. So you have all these guards. Two with Peter, two outside. And we see something special here. Look at verse 7. And now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. Can you imagine? Here are these Roman soldiers. Peter's in the middle, and here's an angel. He said, stood by him, and the light shone in the prison. Now, the prison was dark. And all of a sudden, this mighty, powerful light, the angel appears. And he struck Peter on the side. He goes, hey, Peter, get up. Get up. Saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. Man, what a miracle. Imagine, here is Peter. Not knowing that people are praying for him. This is happening because of prayer. Can you imagine what would happen if we would pray? Prayers that we probably would never hear the answers. But but God would be not only honoring our prayers and doing what God wanted to do with these people. And here's an example of that. He sent an angel to set Peter free. And then his verse said, he says, and then the angel said to Peter, get your stuff, tie it on your sandals. And so he did. And then he said to him, put on your garments and follow me. Now, what's going on with these centurions, with these soldiers? They don't even know what's going on, man. They're in a deep trance. All this is happening right where they are. And so he went out and followed the angel and did not know that what was done by the angel was real. He had to pinch himself, but thought that he was seeing a vision. Verse 10 and when they were past the first and second guard posts, imagine you're walking where these guards are and they don't see you. They don't see you at all. He says, It came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them in its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. He did his job. You notice that? The angel came, did his job, and he was gone. Now, there are angels like this angel that are doing their job. They're sent out to do something. Maybe to protect you, to protect me, or do something else. But God has his messengers. These messengers. You have good angels, you have bad angels. And these angels fight for people's souls against Satan. And I think that within each one of your lives, you need to be aware. That if God is for me, then who can be against me? If God sends angels to protect me, awesome. Peter was not afraid of what was going to take place in his life. And he says again in verse 11, and then when Peter had come to himself, he, you know, he kind of shook himself and said, wow, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel. Now he comes to that place and you know what? This is real. God works in every age. The way he wants to work. God cannot be limited. Remember that. God cannot be limited. Peter here is totally blown away. Of what God is doing in his life. Right this particular moment. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all expectations of the Jewish people. Now I know that I'm in safe hands in the hands of the Lord. And then he says in 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary. So here he is now. He says, You know what? I'm going to go to the house of Mary. And he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, remember, whose surname was Mark, John Mark. He's the one that wrote the gospel of Mark. He's the only one, not in Matthew or John's gospel or Luke's gospel, that he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And if you read that chapter, it says, and all of a sudden this boy, he starts running out, and one of the guards grabs a hole of his garment, and he goes out and leaves naked. Mark was referring to himself in the garden at 12 years of age, in the garden of Gethsemane with the disciples. Only in the gospel of Mark you have it. He goes on again. Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. We notice the church, the real church is gathered together. One, two, 50, 100, a 1,000 together in prayer, becoming one. Prayer tears in the church because of brothers and sisters that are in need verse 13 and as peter knocked on the door of the gate a girl named rhoda in the greek is rose came to answer and she recognized peter's voice so here peter's outside she's inside he hears peter's voice he says, because of her gladness, she got so excited when she heard Peter's voice, did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. She was so excited. You guys, you're praying, but Peter's outside. Your prayer's been answered. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. You are crazy, girl. There's no possible way. We're praying for Peter. Peter's in jail. They didn't believe her. How many times God does something in your life or you see something and people say, man, you're crazy. There's no possible way. When it's of the Lord, nobody can deny it. And this is exactly from the Lord what takes place in Peter's life. Watch verse 15. And they said to her, you are beside yourself. And she kept insisting. That it was, so you guys come and see, stop praying. Your prayer has been answered. He says, and so they said, it's his guardian angel. But then he says in verse 16, and now Peter continued knocking. Notice. And when they opened the door and saw Peter, they were astonished. Their minds were blown. They were blown away that their prayers had been answered. You ever get like that? Wow, Lord, I can't believe you answer my prayer. Lord, you're so awesome. Especially impossible prayers. There's no way God's going to answer this prayer. And he answers your prayer. Maybe you're here tonight and God is going to answer your prayer. When? I don't know but I really believe the word of God that he will answer your prayer. He will blow you away totally if you totally depend upon him that he's the only one that can answer your prayers. Verse 17, been motioning to them with his hand to keep quiet, to keep silent. He declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He stood ahead and told to them, declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison, and he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. So here now comes the end of what? Peter's ministry. So we see that Peter now has come to the conclusion in the book of Acts. And then he says, and as soon as it was day." There was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. So check this out. The prison's empty. Hey, where's Peter? The soldiers were concerned why it will be their lives. Herod would kill him, Because Herod gave them over to watch over this prisoner by the name of Peter. And now Peter can't be found out. And Herod's going to say, well, hey, I told you guys to watch her. What happened to Peter. What happened to him? Don't you know what happened to him? You guys were chained to him, and you don't know what happened to him? And then it says, but when Herod had searched for him and did not find him, he examined the guards and commanded they should be put to death.
1: If you've experienced hardship as a direct result of your faith, it's natural to wonder why God hasn't spared you from suffering. We hope today's lesson has renewed your confidence in the Lord and has challenged you to stand firm in trust. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review the message you've heard today, call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching from Acts chapter 12. We'll send you a complete version for a donation of $5 or more. We'd also like to equip you with Raul's four-message study of the Holy Spirit. Available on both CD and a flash drive, this series provides biblical clarification of the Spirit's role as your helper and guide you'll see that while you may not be spared from life's trials, you can be certain of the Holy Spirit's comfort, wisdom, and strength. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Raw's four-part study of the Trinity's third member. We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $12 or the CD pack for $19. That's 800-634-9165. Or write us at Somebody Lives Your Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Thank you for your partnership. Every gift you give to this ministry is tax-deductible and helps us reach more people with the good news of Jesus. Join us next time for another message from the book of Acts. You'll be encouraged to see how the Holy Spirit works through each of us differently, calling us to different tasks and ministries, but ultimately our efforts all combine to bring glory to the Lord Jesus. I am in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Lives You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.